0: Welcome to the Sugar Science Podcast, where our mission is to highlight and connect researchers in the type 1 diabetes space. I'm Monica Wesley, the founder of the Sugar Science and your host for today's podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Giuseppe Orlando. He's an MD, PhD, a Marie Curie Fellow, and a transplant surgeon scientist at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Welcome, Giuseppe. Thanks for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you very much for the kind invitation.
0: Yeah, well, um, I'm very interested in speaking to you because I I, um, read a paper that you had uh, written, you know, regarding um, sort of the ECM factors that play critical roles in, you know, regulating pancreatic beta cell proliferation as well as, you know, the whole, um, your whole strategy for islet transplantation. So I'd like to talk to you about that, Um, but can you, First, talk to us about how you became, uh, you know, sort of interested in, in kidney transplantation and how does that impact, uh, how does that field intersect with type 1 diabetes?
1: Well, almost by accident, if you want, because at the time when I was still a student in, in medical school, uh, in Italy, the way it works is that you, in order to get the degree, you need to, pre- you need to prepare and defend a the thesis. And clearly, you need to uh, pick a topic and uh i was interested in surgery And at that time i heard from the from rome and um the medical school was the Vergata, Univers- university of rome which is one of the uh handful of uh, medical schools in rome and at that time uh we, they were we the, the department of surgery was very very strong in uh, in transplantation kidney and pancreas kidney and liver at that time so i started I was offered a, th- a thesis on liver transplant at that time. And then uh, I specialized I, be, I specialized in organ transplant and became a transplant surgeon. And then when, what brought me to America was a European grant, the Marie Curie, series, that would allow me to specialize in regenerative medicine. And I came to America at the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, which in those days I'm speaking about that I was the, sec- that the end of the first decade of 2000 was really the place to be for regenerative medicine.
2: And mm-hmm. here,
1: when I landed here, I also got in touch with the transplant surgeons. And uh, I liked it here, they liked me and they liked me to stay. And so they crafted a position for me that allowed me to uh, resume my clinical work, uh, but at the, at the same time, uh, keep, keep keep doing uh, research in uh, regenerative medicine. And here at, at Wake Forest, we do mainly kidney and pancreas. So we stop, I stopped doing livers, and uh, I, I specialize mainly in kidney and pancreas transplantation on the clinical side, while on the research side, I, I've been specializing in the bioengineering, regeneration and repair of the kidney and the endocrine pancreas. Mm-hmm. That's why i'm here
0: yeah and how many um transplants do you typically do just sort of the pancreatic transplants i'm just curious
1: yeah well it's here awake we do uh between 20 and 25 now the numbers actually have gone up wow and uh despite the covid
0: hmm yeah that's interesting now do you think there's any impact there's any um is COVID driving that uh, in any way?
1: No, it's just uh, the, organized, the way things are organized. Are organized uh, the, 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 the local OPO actually has done a, has, has changed something, and it's working very well. In other words, you will do uh, you do a lot of transplant if you identify a lot of donors. So the secret is about identifying the, the donors, the organ yeah. donors. And that the number of organ donors in the area actually has gone up in the last couple of years.
0: Mm, interesting. Um, is there anything to attribute that to?
1: Well, it's a better organization, but also like you may have heard about the opioid pandemics.
0: Yes.
2: And
1: that the only positive, if one, if you want to make that statement of that tragic, uh, uh, tragic fact, is the is the fact that. Though the people who die are often young and otherwise in good shape, and, and now we know that we, are, we can use those donors, even if they have, for example, hepatitis C, mm.
2: because
1: there's a, we have now one of the most formidable cures available in medicine now to treat the hepatitis C. Hmm. Yeah,
0: that's a, it's a tough, it's a silver lining of a very difficult situation.
2: That's right, yeah.
0: Um, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, what's being done in the field uh in your sort of transplant uh realm um that's addressing type one diabetes that's sort of novel. If you want to just comment on that.
1: In transplantation?
0: Yeah. Is there anything that's going on that's you know you would like to share with our listeners that's novel and
1: well in transplantation, I mean pancreas transplant. Mm
0: -hmm,
1: Uh well, pancreas transplant is actually one of the most formidable. Uh, types of transplant available now in in medicine it, the results the results are are excellent to give an idea that the, the the health life, which means the duration of a pancreas transplant now is very significant it's uh, it's between 12 and 15 15 years mm-hmm. uh, and and the problem in pancreas transplant is that actually there is a sort of uh, miscommunication between the the trans the pancreas transplant surgeons and uh the 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 the, the endocrinologists who follow diabetes and who still see let's say the general endocrinologists probably still see the pancreas transplant as a as a very tough procedures Mm -hmm. uh something that if they can should not be offered to patients instead no it's one of the most effective uh, tr- surgeries in transplant, even if clearly is burdened by some morbidities, but you know that should not preclude considering pancreas transfer for the patient. I'll give an example: brittle diabetes. Brittle diabetes is a, is, a, is a condition that affects up to 100,000 uh, patients only in the United States. And in theory, as you know, is one of those types of diabetes. Against which we don't have much to offer. That the mm-hmm. management of the sugars is very challenging, and actually that would be a perfect indication to pancreas transplant. Whereas mm-hmm. very few patients are referred to uh, for trans for pancreas transplant in in in, 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 the, in the reality. So how if, many if,
0: how many uh, how many transplants do you think are done in the U.S. per year? Pancreatic transplants. Do you have any idea?
1: Well, yeah, I don't have the database here in front of me. Like. Uh, Couple of thousand but you might want to double check that
0: yeah so it's pretty low oh
1: uh, yeah much yeah
0: how has the um immune suppression um sort of cocktail or you know protocol developed you know um to date i mean is it better than it was once people yeah. well gotten- it's
1: pretty effective the, the the armamentarium is quite is quite uh uh rich now let's say there are different protocols that can be offered to patients. Normally, it's, it consists in two uh, types of approach. One is the induction immunosuppression, which means it's the, the immunosuppression that is given during the, during the surgery. Uh, and then that is followed by the maintenance immunosuppression that may, normally consists in the administration of two, three different uh, medications normally a cni a calcineurin inhibitor plus uh an mpa uh that somehow complement the action of uh, the cni and then uh, steroids yeah uh, that's normally the classic uh, the classic immunosuppression immunosuppression immunosuppressive regimen and then uh each of these molecules may be replaced by others if uh, the, the, the transplant center uh, prefers other, medic- other molecules or if the patient does not tolerate that given, medi- that given molecule. And I think in the, 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 the regimens currently available are pretty effective, uh, are decently tolerated by patients, and are pretty much standardized.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's room for improvement there or personalized? Um- You know medicine input there
1: yeah of course that's uh that's very much of age Uh, that's very much today of age today
0: is there anyone who's working on that specifically
1: yeah there are several centers
0: what do you think is the biggest center that's working on on uh, tweaking that protocol
1: well it's you know if you speak about personalized medicine is uh you know there are several centers who are working on at a genetic level if you want uh, just to, to try to, to tailor the, that that immunosuppressive regimen to the uh, background characteristics or genetic asset of uh, uh, each each single patient, I wouldn't I wouldn't mention any specific but any specific centers, but like there are some centers in California who are, who are at the forefront of uh, uh, that type of uh, research if you want. Uh, and it's not just the United States, it's also, also elsewhere, mainly in Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wanted to um, also sort of shift gears now to talk to you. You are an MD PhD, so I wanted to shift gears uh, to talk about, you know, sort of your research and how it uh, yeah. uh, pertains to islet um, transplant.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I personally don't do islet transplant. But uh, islet transplant has been around for now several decades. And the promise of islet transplant was to render, if you want, whole pancreas transplant obsolete. We are not there yet. Mm -hmm. There are several factors. You know, it's a multifactorial uh, situation. And uh, what actually tissue engineering and regenerative medicine has taught me with with regards to to, uh, islet transplant and pancreas is the fact that uh, once you extrapolate uh, cells from their natural niche, actually they don't do that well or as well as you were expecting. In the case of uh, islet transplant, what you do is basically to get a pancreas, you chop the pancreas in order to isolate islets, which are like micro organs if you want. Yeah. You extrapolate them when you're from of a region and in doing so basically you deprive them from what one that, that their, their vascular network to the regulation from uh, uh from uh, the nervous system etc etc and so islets will play a toll and then you implant them in an area that actually it's not natural to them it's not their own niche now uh, islets are injected in order for them to uh engraft and in, in the liver system. But the fact that islets still do not produce the same results as the, the whole pancreas is telling us that clearly there's something wrong or something better or different, different which should be done.
0: With the uh, the work that you did with the extracellular matrix scaffold technology for the bioartificial pancreas engineering, um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, that paper came out in 2014, but I'm assuming you have some more insight.
1: Well, uh, let's say that's uh, uh, the, the so-called decellularization technology that basically
2: mm-hmm. lays
1: on the idea that if you want to build tissues, uh, you need to uh, support cells.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you do that using uh, what Mother Nature has invented and uh, developed in order for cells to be, to be functional. And which is the extracellular matrix. So whatever exists outside the, the, outside the cells needs to be replicated for cell therapy to, to work, if you want. That's the rationale. So in mm-hmm. organ engineering, what we do, we get organs from mammals, we strip off cells, so basically we destroy the cellular compartment. And so what we get is somehow the ghost of the organ.
0: Yeah. The
1: ghost of the organ is like the scaffold, we call it, the, the template that will be needed for uh, for the organs to be, Regenerated. So, in theory, using uh, patients' own cells, mm-hmm. this is actually an idea that has allowed tissue engineering to re- become of age in the last 15-20 years. But actually, if you consider the application of this idea to added biology, actually, this day, it's not novel, but dates back to the 90s. In those days, in that decade, actually, we some papers came out that were basically showing that if you exposed islets to components of the extracellular matrix actually that would perform at least in vitro better than the control so islets uh without uh growing in culture uh without any additional uh, molecules yeah and then now we had this idea of uh, applying the, the desolarization technology also to the pancreas in like yeah more or less 10 years ago even at the paper paper was published a little bit a little little bit later and were the first in actually proposing the whole pancreas as a scaffold for uh, an, a, a kind of new generation uh, bioengineered endocrine pancreas and uh, the problem of uh, uh, using the whole pancreas mm-hmm. as a scaffold actually uh, entails the same problematics and uh, we'll, we'll put in front of the same hurdles that whole organ bioengineering uh, puts us in front, of, which is if we cannot now, with current technology, if you consider where current technology uh, stands, we cannot replicate the vascular bed. In other words, we yeah. cannot regenerate the vasculature, the innate vas- vasculature of uh, uh, of an organ. And while initially we were thinking that we could probably... Uh, produce um, a, pa- a whole pancreas. Actually, research now is shifting towards a different approach, which means you still decellularize the, o- the whole organ, mm-hmm. but then you chop it. Hmm. You chop the organ, and so you convert the extracellular matrix into a, a biomaterial that we call hydrogel. Right. That in theory contains uh, a myriad of, of information that islets required to do well and actually to perform better and live longer when compared to islets that are not embedded in those hydrogels so that's a current fancy of of age approach that is under investigation and is being considered now in the field of uh, of beta cell replacement and now there there are now we were the first but then uh, now uh, several centers are using the same also using other organs not necessarily the pancreas uh, an example is the uh, the group from Geneva that actually is using the, the placenta basically the Korean mm-hmm. membrane that that would also add uh, components molecules that may be able to modulate the, the immune reaction
0: yeah there's a company yes there it's like a protected uh, immune space there's a company here in los angeles that is called cellularity um that and they are um, using that approach using placental tissue to try to address fibrosis in the lung um yeah. so that's exactly. what's that's another interesting component is the fibrosis because once the you know, eyelid is transplanted and all goes well, you know, the stem cells are um, doing well, they are oxygenated and angiogenesis occurs, then you've got the foreign body response and fibrosis and then it, you know, has to be removed. So, you know, how, how do you, I, I'm very interested in like, as a surgeon, you know, when you do these transplants, when you have to go in and remove the um, the transplanted pancreas for if, if you get this for whatever reason if you get a foreign body response um, i wonder if it's a similar response as they're seeing in the in these islet transplants that go south too
1: well in, in the case of the pancreas a whole pancreas transplant that's a different story
2: mm-hmm. if,
1: uh, when compared to islet transplantation it's really uh, you cannot compare the two because the problematics that lead to uh, a uh, failing pancreas are a, are a bit different when compared to uh, islet transplant.
0: Yeah, how, is, trans- how do they differ?
1: Well, the, in, in the case of whole pancreas transplant, it's yeah you can have a rejection, you can have a, a recurrent of uh, the immunity. You can have also technical uh, problems that may that may arise. In the case of, whereas uh, whereas in the case of the uh, uh, islet transplant, yes, you you have you may have the same, but also like in terms of rejection or, or or uh recurrence of the autoimmunity but also you have you know ischemia which is uh related to the fact that again you implant a a, a, a microorgan, call it like yeah. that islets that are not implanted with uh, through the reconnection of uh, a vascular pedicle to the to the vascular stream of the of the recipient and also you have a uh an innate response that comes with the production of scarring tissue uh around the the eyelets that have not that clearly you don't see in the case of uh, old pancreas transplant mm-hmm. the problem of, tra- of islet transplant of making islet transplant work have nothing to do with the old uh, nuances and the problem the problems and hurdles that you may encounter and fa- encounter and face once when you do a whole pancreas transplant uh, again the you have a when you consider the outcomes of these two these two approaches uh you have an, you have a transplant case of whole pancreas that lasts up to 15 years whereas either transplant yeah it's the outcome now is improving but it's still very far away from those those results now uh you, you have a, you should be happy if you have uh, with current results of, after islet transplant, that if I'm not wrong, should, should be good. Uh, 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 so, it good means you are insulin free with the euglycemia uh, after five years. But we are not there when you, if you consider the, the 10 year uh, outcome, the, the, the 10 year follow up. Whereas mm-hmm. in the case of whole pancreas transplant, you, you would expect a, a, a whole pancreas transplant to last at least. 12,
0: 15 years. Do you think? And
1: in those they, cases, again, it's the, uh, there is there is speculation about you know there is the the, the response from the immune system, uh, many uh, immune-related aspects. But to me, again, after fifteen years, almost fifteen years in tissue engineering, it's quite clear, crystal clear, that the main reason for which islets fail is because you extrapolate those cells call it call them organ microorgan mm-hmm. from their natural niche and you deprive them from the vascular bed and the control from uh, from uh, also the central nervous from the nervous system the, yeah. of these two aspects the most important is clearly ischemia related to the the fact that you cut the bloodstream and we need to find a way to to to, to somehow help islets to receive the, the appropriate uh, Support uh, in terms of oxygen and and nutrients that they they don't that that they do not receive just because again they are not reattached to the vascular stream or the recipient and that's where that's where tissue engineering in theory may intervene.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting paper I just sent you in the chat that is uh, just come out and this was kind of curious to me. I just wondered. I, I mean, we ha- we didn't just talk about it before, but. It is a scalable, device-less biomaterial approach for the sub-Q islet transplantation. And this group out of Toronto basically kind of made the sub-Q space before they did the, the transplant. Um, they did like a pre-vascularization of this sub-Q, uh, sub-Q space. They used this biomaterial uh, methacrylic acid copolymer coating, and they created this prevascular space. Uh, and then they put the islet suspension and collagen into that space in that paper. It just came out in bioarchives, so you know, it hasn't been peer-reviewed. But it's, yeah, but it's know, interesting. It, what do you think about that?
1: You know, the literature <laughs> is so redundant. I would say It's so rich, I would say, even redundant. I, I, I would say that everything has been, has been attempted, both if you consider the, the site of implantation. Now, for example, what's very hard is the intraperitoneal uh, in the omentum, mm-hmm. uh, to create a little uh, nest in the omentum for for the islet Just because the rationale is that the omentum is extremely highly vascularized. Yeah. Uh, but the omentum, has, you know, has, has been used by surgeons for cent- for more than a century for those characteristics But it's you know to, to implant an organ with its vascular tr- by a, through, an ostomose, through an ostomose, by anastomosing the organ to the va- to the vascular stream re- of the recipients is one thing. The another thing is to implant cells uh, and then do something to in the hope that uh, there will be uh, a sort of neoangiogenesis will be induced. It's another story. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that may work or may not work, and it's I think it goes down basically to factors that are not scientific it's mainly luck (laughs) that's that's, that's the truth that's what i truly believe and then also in terms of manipulating the biomaterial that that in which you want to embed islets. now you know it's tissue engineering is a field that has been that is booming the last uh, Tissue engineering was basically a small club for a few adepts until 2005 2006 Wow. then the boom has exploded yeah. and now you have well that's why i was saying that the, the, the literature is also redundant just because you have now myriads of centers and investigators who are uh trying all sorts of biomaterials or source of uh, approaches but again uh in, in terms of islets my experience in, on the research ground is that there's still some work to do actually it's a lot of work to do and i and uh, I think it will be critical to find a way to implant islet, to embed islets in something that can be implanted, that should be implanted to through to, to to a reconnection of a new, a new vasculature to the bloodstream of the recipient. That's the only thing that will allow islet to me to reach the same, to, to, to achieve the same outcome and so the same results as whole pancreas transplant.
0: How this is a totally hypothetical, futuristic, you know, question or just a thought experiment. What is your What are your thoughts about the possibility of actually growing organs like the pancreas, and um, you know, <clears throat> having the same tissue type of the of the recipient, and you know, being able to avoid the
1: well, you know, that's immune suppressants. Yeah, that's the dream. That's what brought me to the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you know we are theorizing, we speculate in our, you know, state of the art or concept papers or books. Uh, you know, that's the future. That's what we define organ on demand, which basically
2: mm.
1: uh, refers to the situation whereby, you know, you will be able to offer a patient an organ manufactured from his or her own sales.
0: Yeah.
1: Clearly we're not there yet we are not there and if you consider where color and the where, where the technology currently stands it's not we're not going to be there in five years we're mm-hmm. not going to be there it's because it's too complex in 10 years and it's difficult to predict uh, at the same time the reality is that uh, the progress is advances so fast that what you need to do is really be prepared because like the big problem that we are facing is that we really we're not able we're not really able to grow or manipulate cells in this case islets the way we want but when that day will come and time when times will be ripe at that point then it will be just an escalation just like in try i mean the history of medicine is very is very interested because interesting because like it's in tra- in transplantation you know, we uh, the, 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 we knew how to do transplant, uh, uh, but at a certain point, at like mid in the middle of last century, but transplant we not we're not working because we didn't have the inadequate and successfully potent immunosuppression, immunosuppression, so anti-rejection medication. Things change from the night to the day completely after the the advent and the introduction of cyclosporine. So we need. In in the field, something with, that may have the same impact of the introduction of cyclosporine then and that that may refer to either the ability to regenerate, so to, so to produce the vasculature of a, any given organ, the innate vasculature of any given organ, or trying or acquire the ability to manipulate the cell we want the way we want. At that point, the field will the phase the face the of both regenerative medicine, tissue engineering, and organ transplant will change, will change completely. So, again, going back to what, what I mentioned initially, when, we, when I specialized in regenerative medicine, we started playing with all organs, desolarizing all organs. That's how we got to the pancreas, the whole pancreas desodorization. But then when we realized that we cannot do what we want, the way we want, so that's when we tr- we changed strategy and we tr- we started chopping the pancreas in order to produce an hydrogel. The hydrogel, as of now, is the, probably the only feasible approach in the attempt to improve islet islet trans islet transplantation technology. When yeah, we will be employees. able to yeah to bioengineer the, the inlet vasculature of any organ, at that point we will be able we sh- we, we could resume or whole organ bioengineering. As you know, there are, there is also a different, different, there are different approaches. You have the 3D printing, but even there, the printing of a mus- the vascular, innate vasculature is, is very challenging. Or you have blastocyst yeah. complementation that you may have heard about, where yeah. basically, you know, you, you harness uh, stem cell and gene editing technology with xenotransplant and you get a, that, that, that the embryo, Uh, the embryo of a pig you uh, you silence the genes of uh, the development for example of the pancreas and then you get use uh, uh, progenitor cells IPS you put them together and in theory what you want to do is produce the organ uh, the the organ you're interested in starting from stem cells of the species you are interested in so in this case uh, uh, humans but even in that case you know despite uh, initial preliminary preliminary groundbreaking studies uh, you know there's still <laughs> a long way to go also for a myriad of, uh, of problems and obstacles that I'm not gonna mention now yeah but it's still a long way to go but that's a different alternative approach that you may propose for example for the pancreas but like you could not uh, you could not propose for example if you were interested in BCA so Composite tissue allotransplant. Like for example, if you want to build a face,
2: you mm-hmm. can now
1: use the pig, right? No. Uh, a hand, you know, <laughs> no. you can use the pig, the pig. So
0: yeah. No, it's really. uh we're I think, you know, I think it's very interesting. I spoke to um Paul Peter talk earlier today, and he was saying, you know, he was really making a big case about the fact that uh, we need interdisciplinary scientists and clinicians to work together with, and, you know, just in a collaborative fashion so that they can um, exchange ideas and, and really push each other to, um, to, to think in different ways. And, um, you know, at the sugar science, that's what we're trying to do. We're bringing in all kinds of different scientists, different, um, you know, people who work in surgery, clinicians, and also scientists who are in the lab bench, and also scientists who work in industry, in the in the attempt to really get different perspectives and get people thinking about different perspectives. So I think, I think um, what you're talking about that we're on the cusp of, you know, kind of, if we can just get to, I really um, understood what you meant when you said, you know, if we can just get to um, where we're prepared to, to um, move forward, if we just get to one one seminal change in in the way we're doing work,
1: yeah, I know it, it is what it is. I know I always found the history of medicine very fascinating because it's what changes the face the way we do things and the face of a given field is really an intuition. Mm-hmm. It, it really is, and in the case of uh, now tissue engineering, uh, regenerative medicine, modern tra- organ transplant is really a multidisciplinary approach. You can't go alone.
0: Yeah it's intuition for the prepared mind that's for sure because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to do the ki- the pancreas transplants that you're doing so <laughs> I tell
1: you. Oh yeah you don't need it you don't need to do it.
0: <laughs> no I have others I have other fish to fry.
1: Yeah but you like you know what, what you're doing now you know to create this platform with that you know, bring that allows scientists or different backgrounds to share knowledge. That's I think fundamental. Also, raise funds, etc., etc. I think it's very important. Everybody each of us has his or her own role. So, yeah. Well,
0: thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, I think we covered a lot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't wanna, we I don't did.
1: Them, but uh, I think the, the the bottom line is that it's you know now, there's a lot going on in research now in the, the field of uh, beta cell replacement there's a harnessing uh, of different uh, disciplines and expertise that would certainly speed up uh, the, the pro- and accelerate the progress uh, towards the ultimate objective which will be, be- to, to truly replace or al- at least render all pancreas transplant obsolete but clearly, it's not something that's gonna again not gonna happen tomorrow for liver, kidney, uh, lungs, and heart, and not even for uh, islet transplant. It will take more than that. But that's probably when compared to other organs, beta cell replacement through islet transplant is the field that more I think that more than any other, and more quickly can uh, leverage and take advantage from progress in regenerative medicine and biomaterial sciences and tissue engineering, which more or less are all synonymous. Yeah. So there, there should be great optimism.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. I, let's, I, and we can end with that A great optimism. And thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. So we really appreciate it. Um, and your perspective is very important. So thank you again. And we'll hope to uh, speak with you again.
1: Sure, I need back to let me